Spiritually integrated psychotherapy is psychotherapy that also pays attention to the spiritual dimension of people's lives. We're, we're whole people, you know, there's a holistic reality to, to what a human being is. So spiritually integrated psychotherapy also pays attention to people's physical well-being, uh, to their uh, social well-being, uh, and, and to their psychological well-being, which is sort of the, the big lane domain of therapy. But it, it also pays attention to the spiritual dimension. And so this is an important part of people's the way people understand themselves and other people and the world and the, the problems that have brought them to therapy. And so spiritually integrated psychotherapy says, this is a big part of your life. Let's use it too. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, mental health, and wellness, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. This podcast episode is brought to you by UHSM HealthShare, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.uhsm.com. Hi friends, I am so excited for today's conversation. We are talking all about spiritually integrated psychotherapy. I mean, just that term within itself gets me pretty excited. You know, we love talking about the intersection and the integration of faith and mental health. How do they inform one another? What are practices that meet there in the middle that can hold space for healing, for holistic healing for ourselves and those around us in a way that respects our faith and the foundation of our faith while also being able to integrate effective psychologically based tools. So I was so grateful to be able to have this conversation with Russell Seiler Jones. Today we talk about, you know, what is spiritually integrated psychotherapy? What is the importance of integrating the two? And what would we say to someone who feels skeptical about the practice of psychology or kind of sees it as a threat to faith? As well as what are some practical ways to integrate a person's faith into therapy? What are a therapist's boundaries when it comes to someone's beliefs and someone's faith? We're really talking about all the things, and I find that these conversations tend to be very powerful and very clarifying because it seems to be a gray area for a lot of people. That being said, my guest today, Russell Seiler Jones, is, gosh, is so phenomenal. Talking to him just poured back into my soul. I think that he articulates this conversation in a very thoughtful and considerate and heartfelt way that runs deep. You can just tell that he's been doing this work 
for years, and he has been. Russell writes and teaches about psychotherapy and spirituality. He's director of the residency in psychotherapy and spirituality at CareNet Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and a psychotherapist in private practice in Asheville, North Carolina. And he and his wife, Janine, live in Asheville and are parents to two adult children. He's going to tell a little bit about his story and what led him into this work and the trainings that he's been doing to help equip mental health professionals and even pastors and leaders and coaches in the work of honoring faith and integrating faith as a salient and important part of a person's growth and healing journey. There's so much that's said here that I don't even want to take up any more time. So without further ado, here is my conversation on spiritually integrated psychotherapy with Russell Seiler Jones. Hey guys, welcome to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. I'm so glad you're here joining us for another episode. Today, I am joined by Russell Seiler Jones, and I'm so excited to be having this conversation. Um, he was actually referred to us by Dr. Holly Oxhandler, who we have had on the podcast a couple times just talking about the integration of faith and mental health. We re- recently talked about soul care for caregivers and helpers, and so I know that anyone that Holly sends our way is doing some really amazing work in this area. So Russell, thank you so much for for sharing your time here with us today. How are you? I'm great and I sure appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So you and your wife Janine are licensed therapists who specialize in integrating spirituality into the into the counseling process. So for those who are just meeting you for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into doing this kind of work? Wow. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned my wife Janine. Uh, about me, I'm married. We have two adult children, and they are amazing humans and have taught us way more than we've ever taught them. And I, I met Janine in seminary. I was studying to be a pastor, uh, and I actually was a pastor for about three years before I realized I am not mature enough to do that. And uh, then, I, then I became a hospital chaplain for five years. And uh, beyond that, uh, a psychotherapist. So my background is in religion, um, spirituality, and through the years, I just became increasingly called, I think, to conversations at the depth, helping people become deeper witnesses to their own life. I would say when I said I was not mature enough to be a pastor, I wanted so badly to that I that I couldn't relate and connect to people, and I'm, I'm overstating right. it, and maybe an oversimplification there. But at some point, I had a, a conversion experience and realized I just want to I just want to know people. I want to connect with people. Mm. So that's how I got into this. You know, there are lots of ways to study and learn psychotherapy, and I um, apprenticed myself uh, in those ways, and I've been now a therapist for thirty years. 15 years ago, I was asked to develop a training program for therapists for a major medical system in North Carolina, uh, Mm. Wake Forest Baptist Health System. And so for 15 years, I've been directing 
a program for therapists who want to learn to integrate spirituality and have met some incredible humans doing that and grown a lot through interacting with and then I've also developed a training program through a professional organization called for therapists who want to learn to integrate this work. I wrote a book uh, mm -hmm. also in that vein. Is that enough about me and how you've, I, you've, have I, have I, have I? Yeah, you've, you've just done a little bit question. there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Wow, I love your journey and I, I admire it so much. Um, the work that you've been doing over the years, I tell people all the time, you know, I think for a lot of people, they obviously come to my podcast because they want to learn about faith and mental health and they like hearing about it. And I tell people like, look, I'm not the first one to be talking about it. I'm not the last one to be talking about it. There are people who have been doing this work for years, you know, and doing this research and those like yourself. So I'm always, I don't know, I'm, I'm always so happy and grateful to have someone like yourself on to share about work that's been done in this area for, for a while, actually. Well, but we need you. <laughs> we need people <laughs> like you to help us connect with people who may not easily get to our offices or to our I trainings. We, so, you know, we need all of us. And um, so yeah. I, I appreciate your, your words and I want to say them right back to you. Uh, it's, I appreciate it's, it's that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what this is all about. It's all about connecting everyone and um, and being giving exposure and awareness to the tools and the resources and the teachers and the healers that are that are out there that are in this. And so and also being a hospital chaplain, I just have to say, like, I mean, I, I've been in the hospital before and spoken to hospital chaplains. And that's just such a that's just such a unique position you you tend to be sitting with people in their confusion in their doubt in their suffering in some of the hardest parts of life the deepest parts of life and to sit and walk with people through that I can it just I can only imagine how that that shapes you in just like you said wanting to have a heart to just know people and um, hold that presence for people you know, it's so interesting that we, we've ended up talking about chaplaincy because I was taking a walk before I got on to have this conversation with you. And for whatever reason, this memory popped into my, just popped mm. in about um, a, a conversation I had as a hospital chaplain. It was, it was with a man that, you know, had a, had a cancer diagnosis and, it, you know, it, that, that kind of thing alters his life. And somewhere in that conversation, I remember him telling me, I want to go see the Redwood. And, you know, I, as I'm thinking about why am I telling you this story now? First of all, it just affected me so deeply. I, I had never seen the Redwoods and I took a trip with our son to see the Redwoods. Another. There are moments in everyone's life. It, it, it may be a medical diagnosis. It may be the dissolution of a relationship. Uh, it may be something that happens. You, you may lose a job, or you may get your comeuppance. In, in, you know, in some way, some, something may fall apart for you that that you've really leaned on, and it becomes one of those openings in your life where you where your life kind of cracks open, and you and you and you do kind of have some deeper connection with 
who you are and what's important to you, what's meaningful. Yeah. This is a faith and mental wellness podcast. People struggle with their it becomes a real faith opening. Yeah. As well to, to reevaluate things and really to be to be born anew. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that you, the way you put it, it creates an opening. I've always seen it as like, it creates a sensitivity to like life and yourself that you just don't really tap into when you're going, going, going. Um, and it forces you to, to position your heart in that way. Um, and so, okay, that being said to shift, we're just already like diving right in here. (laughs) Um, so how, for those who are listening, sometimes we have those who are mental health professionals or advocates or even those in the church who are interested in how faith and therapy work together. And you, like you said, you do a lot of work about around spiritually integrated psychotherapy. Could you just give us a picture of or describe what is spiritually integrated psychotherapy? What does that look like? Sure, sure. Thank you for, I mean... That's a big that's a big question and a good question, but I'll try to answer it briefly and say spiritually integrated psychotherapy is psychotherapy that also pays attention to the spiritual dimension of people's lives. And it's not that spiritually integrated psychotherapy does not pay attention only to the spiritual dimension because the spiritual dimension is connected to we're, we're whole people. You know, there's a holistic reality to to what a human being Spiritually integrated psychotherapy also pays attention to well-being, uh, to their uh, social well-being, uh, to and, and to their psychological well-being, which is sort of the, the big lane domain of therapy. But it, it also pays attention to the spiritual domain. The, the vast majority of people in the United States say that they are spiritual. And not quite as many, but also the vast majority say that they are religious. They identify. With and so this is an important part of people's, the way people understand themselves, other people, and the world, and the, the problems that have brought them to therapy. And so spiritually integrated psychotherapy says, this is a big part of your life. Let's use it too. What resources, strengths? Are, are yours through your spiritual life, through your religious community, through your religious tradition? What struggles are you having? What spiritual struggles connection to this depression or this anxiety or this traumatic experience? Integrated psychotherapy, it, it's a holistic approach to therapy that says spirituality We move towards it. We, we, we want to move towards amazing, powerful, that it would be a shame to leave at the door and not to, not, to, not to use it to help people steady themselves when they're in crisis or to grow. Yeah, I, gosh, this is a part of the conversation I just love so much because, um, yeah, something that 
when Holly was on here talking about that research has found that when you know a person's faith is ethically integrated into therapy that they get better faster um, that they heal faster that it can very much be a positive uh, coping means of coping um, and and yeah. also maybe helping to make some sort of sense in the situation I mean not always but <laughs> Um, so I get really excited about that, especially because I feel like, you know, I, maybe you can identify with this as well. I know in my studies in psychology, like at UCLA and, and in different training, I mean, the spiritual aspect is completely left out. And I don't know if it necessarily is academia's responsibility to tell people like people's what they should believe or what they shouldn't believe. Right. But even just right. how to how to position yourself and weave yourself through that in a way that is ethical because it's so important and it's so necessary for people's healing. It's just completely left out, I feel like, of the academic conversation. Yeah. And, and, and I would say that's changing, but it has. Yeah. There, we've been through a period in human history where that has been true. You know, uh, I, I think if, if, if you go back, oh, let, let's just say you go back to 1900 or so. The spiritual dimension of people's lives was taken very seriously in academic circles. The father of psychology in the United States, William James, mm -hmm. wrote, wrote, a, like, wrote what is still one of the best books ever on spirituality and psychology called the varieties of religious experience. But then we went through this season where, when psychotherapy was invented and out that when the field of psychotherapy wanted to prove itself as a valid discipline and to do that, mm -hmm. it, to do that, it had to kind of act like this. Um, it had to adopt the, the, the uh, perspectives of science in such a way that it discounted everything that you can't prove everything right. that's not measurable or data driven and so we went through a season in the field of psychotherapy where there was dismissal of spirituality and you know it's out and out hostility at, at, at times yeah but 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 the people like holly oxhandler ken pargament you know, so many other people have have really helped in the last 30, 40 years. And not that Holly's been doing it that long. Right, right. I'm not putting Holly in my generation. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> there are people who've really helped. Um, yeah. Helped bridge this, what, what you experienced in your education as a, we don't talk about that. That's not an important thing. That is shifting. It's changing. Yeah. And um, it's a, it, I think we, we definitely are in a season. I hope it will be a long season where spirituality is getting, you know, massive respect in the, in the field of psychotherapy. And there are people who are doing just amazing work stuff. Yeah. And then there are therapists um, and people who are doing training that, that are also kind of helping people learn how to do this because a lot of people became therapists out of the educational background that you're describing. And yes, they know it's important. Right. They, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get 
they didn't get taught how to do it. You know, no training, no training. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's so clear to me when you hear research that's like, okay, people in psychological distress will go to their faith community, their church, their clergy before they ever step foot to a mental health professional and people's faith integrated helps them heal better. Like you see these things, talk about what's measurable, right? Like it's, it's kind of right there in our faces, I think, that the importance of the integration. Now on the flip side, <laughs> we've talked about the academic side kind of Staying away from the idea of faith and religion to prove itself is a probably complete solely objective science. But um, then there's this other side where you have people of faith who are very skeptical of psychotherapy and of psychology for probably for that reason, right? Like that it's very just it's very secularized. It's a threat to maybe a worldview um, or maybe it's a threat to scripture in some way. And I think for those of us who are at the intersection of faith and mental health, we see very, because our studies are informed by our faith, we see very clearly like where they can come together and help people in a practical way. Um, and so that being said, like, what would you say to those who are skeptical about psychology um, or see it as opposite of faith? Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the sign up process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. 
I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. What would you say to those who are skeptical about psychology um, or see it as opposite of faith? Sure. So I would say this. Um, if, if, if you're skeptical, um, first of all, skepticism is a healthy thing. You know, it, it, our skepticism helps us dig deeper and look more clearly and closely at the world around us and even at, at ourselves. So skepticism is not a bad thing at all. Hold your skepticism and let it serve your well-being. That's one thing I would say. Second thing I would say is the the field of psychotherapy, as we talked about a minute ago, field of psychology and psychotherapy have kind of they they, they they've they've made they they've functioned in such a way historically that it would make any reasonable spiritual person skeptical if 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 the caricature and beyond caricature, actual practice of this discipline has been at times, historically anyway, to dismiss or to pathologize spirituality, then I think it would be foolish to move in the direction of, of a discipline that's going to call, call into question or criticize or attack in some way something that is foundational to your life. So. My, my, so I, I, I am blessing the skepticism, first and foremost. And then I would say that's not the whole story, that there are so many therapists who respect spirituality and religion who can meet you where you are and help and, 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 and who will really try to understand how your spiritual, how your faith uh, helps guide your life, what it does for you, how it's how it helps you, and who will who will who will, who approach the work of psychotherapy from a place of what I would call spiritually grounded humility. That I, the therapist, do not have your answers. I have questions. I I do know good questions that can help you dig deeper into yourself and into your tradition, into your faith to help you find, you know, the deeper place to stand now that the place you were standing has crumbled a bit beneath you or been shaken in some way. But there, there are people who are trained and who, who, are, who are trained to do the work of therapy while also giving great respect to the faith that you bring to the process. That's what I would say to somebody who feels hesitant or uneasy about moving into a mental health space. Have, have some uh, concern that, that, that their faith is not going to be re- Thank you so and, and, much and for your honesty in that. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I just add on a thought, a thought that occurs to me? Um, I think when I went to seminary, you know, back 
a thousand years ago. There were, there were people <laughs> from the church where I grew up who said, don't let them change you. You're going to go to seminary, all this education, and they're going to change you, meaning your faith is going to get deconstructed in some way. And, and I just think whether you go to seminary or UCLA or wherever you go, life is going to deconstruct your faith. You know, mm. and if your faith is not mm. deconstructed, then it, you're not growing. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying this in a way that, that I'm not being under, misunderstood. I'm not uh, saying, "Boy, it's a good thing if you lose your faith," but, but I am saying, our faith needs to grow. It, it, it always right. needs to grow, and, and, and there are times of real struggle that are a, right. a part of a healthy spiritual trajectory, and. Um, Sometimes skepticism is about that, too. Sometimes skepticism of mental health is also skepticism about um, taking some of the next steps, the next important and necessary steps in our own spiritual journeys. Amen. How does that amen, hit you? Amen. That you? Yes, absolutely. You know, and what comes to mind is, you know, if you you have autonomy and you have the right to advocate for your health and your mental health. So if you do find yourself in a situation where you find that maybe the mental health professional is not validating your faith or is advising things against your faith or what have you, like you have the autonomy to speak up about that, to let them know that's not something you align with or that's unhelpful because it is a bi-directional relationship. It is a therapeutic relationship between the two of you. So if you do come across that, um, you have the right to ask to be referred to someone who they believe will be a better support to your faith. Um, or you're allowed to break up with your therapist as a whole if it's just not clicking at all and, and seek someone who's better attuned to your faith um, or can at least hold respectful and ethical space for that. Um, I think people fear that someone's going to go to a therapist and then they're going to like change their beliefs with something that's new agey or whatever. And I mean, that's just not really typically how it works or how someone is trained. That's a competent therapist is really trained to meet you where you are. Um, it is not at all a therapist's goal to change your belief system. That is actually very unethical. Um, so just want to give people that encouragement that by, say by chance you do, cause it, it does, it has happened. You do run into someone Absolutely. who you feel is problematic for your faith. Well, you have the autonomy to choose otherwise. And I would like to say to anybody listening to this, to whom that has happened, I am sorry. <laughs> I am sorry that that happened to you. Um, a a good therapist, and, and, and let me say it differently, a therapist who's having a good day, because all of us have good days and bad days, right? A therapist who's having a good day is not going to try to tell you what to do in any area of your life, spiritual or otherwise. A therapist who's having a good day, even when they offer advice, are always going to preamble it with some version of, I'm going to offer, I'm going to say this to you, but as you're listening to me, listen more closely to yourself. Listen to what your sense of knowing is telling you. Or if you want to, if, if, if a therapist knows they're speaking to a person of faith, they might say, listen to what the Spirit is telling you. Listen to the witness of the Spirit in you as you listen to what I'm saying. A therapist having a good day 
is never going to try to run your life. And if 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 you have if you meet with your therapist enough times to know like wow they're not having a good day every time I talk to them, uh, I think it's probably time to move on. You know, your therapist's job is to try to help you uh, become a more powerful. Um, um, powerful what? Just more powerful in your own life. I was going to say version of yourself, of who you're called to be. Yeah. 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 And so, okay, that being said, what are some, and I know you've, you've done training around spiritually integrated psychotherapy, and this is something that you've worked with. What are maybe some examples of how a person can integrate uh, faith into the therapeutic relationship into therapy? Well, one of the most common questions of therapists having a, a therapist, one of the most common questions a therapist having a good day will ask you is, um, as you're dealing with this difficulty in your life, what, um, what's, what is getting you through? What are you calling upon? Who are you leaning on? What are you leaning on? That's that's some that's helping you in some way, um, or if and if the answer is nothing right at not, nothing at all, I'm completely devastated. I don't have a thing going for me. Then what used to what in the past has? So um, that that's an opportunity then for a, a a a client, a therapy client, to talk about ways in which their spiritual life is a resource for them. So maybe someone says, I've been praying about this. You know, and if a client says to a therapist, I've been praying about this, mm-hmm. you know, a therapist moving towards their, this resource would then would not then say, oh, let me tell you how to pray. A therapist working with a client who says, I've been praying about this might say something like, um, would you mind, do you, you know, would you tell me more about praying, what it means to you? or how you pray, or what you're praying, and how it's affecting you. Um, So that's just a very practical way of talking about one way that spirituality and faith might come together in a conversation in therapy. Um, I'll say, too, that since the example I gave was like a person says, I've been praying about this, I will say, too, that People talk about spirituality, that people talk about their spiritual selves also when they're not using explicit spiritual language. So um, I, I, I know that a, a large majority mm. of your listeners, some, large, some majority of your listeners are Christian. I'm a Christian. So if you think about what are called the fruits, gifts of the spirit in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and, and, and the like. What that's telling us is patience is a spiritual um, capacity. Gentleness is a spiritual capacity. So when a person when a when when a person is talking with me about patience or gentleness, or and let's expand the list when they're talking about gratitude, when they're talking about courage, when they're talking about kindness, even if they're not thinking of themselves, even if they're not thinking. Hey, Russell, I'm telling you about something spiritual now. They may just be telling me they're grateful about something or they feel joy about something. 
as a spiritually integrated psychotherapist, I'm listening to that. I'm, I'm thinking they're talking spiritual to me right now. And I want to move towards that too. So that's good. That's good. When that experience of kindness, like how does that, can you tell me more about that? How does it affect you when you are on the giving or the receiving end of kindness? Um, so spirituality is, is bigger than just when we think we're talking about spiritual. I love that context so much, and I actually haven't really heard that described before here on the podcast, this idea that we actually box spiritual language into a certain way of saying things, then it's only spiritual if we're quoting Bible verses in a therapy session, or it's only spiritual if it's prayer. But what if we're actually talking about practices or principles that are spiritual in nature, um, and leaning into those, even when they're not explicitly biblical or what have you, or from a text, you know, a sacred text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, that's where, you know, I'm going to plug my book right here. Do <laughs> it. Yes. I would love for you to read my book, Spirit, Spirit in Session. Um, and, and, or I would love for you to get involved in one of the trainings that I'm connected with. Because, yes. um, you know, the, the, Jesus uses a phrase over and over again, those with ears to hear, let them hear. Mm. And what he's kind of saying is, I can be telling you something and you might not really be hearing it at the level at which I'm trying to tell you this. <laughs> and, and so therapists, we need to grow ears to hear spirituality, even when it's not you know, wearing like a big name tag on it that says, hello, I'm now telling you something spiritual. We need to be able to hear courage and compassion and creativity and joy. You know, another one is guilt. Mm. You know, healthy healthy people feel guilt when they've done something that a healthy person ought to feel guilt about doing, you know. So when someone's talking to me about a, a deep sense of remorse or you know, uh, you know, guilt, regret, you know, I'm hearing that as spiritual too. And so anyway, I just, I think whether you're a therapist or not, you're becoming a, a deeper witness to the truth of your own life means listening for where spirit is actually stirring in you. Even if you didn't recognize it initially as the work of spirit. Yeah, gosh, this is so good. I hope you guys are tuning in closely here. This is um, this is something I'll be I'll be thinking about <laughs> personally. Um, just really reframing the idea of how we're viewing uh, spirituality. Um, I really love that. And you know, that being said, and I want to say really quickly again back to the skepticism is that it's not a therapist's job to try to come up with theology okay like they're not up here trying to form your theology or do spiritual formation or theological formation i think that maybe people are afraid that they'll go too far in that and that's really not i mean what any competent therapist on a good day um should be doing um and that being said where do you think a therapist's boundaries are when it comes to someone's beliefs and faith i mean uh, side note, especially when their belief is different than the client's belief. 
Because not everybody's yeah, going to have, say, a Christian therapist, you know. Um, they might just have someone who respects whatever their client believes. But a lot of people might not have Christian therapists, but they still need therapy. They still need the tools. They still need the resources and the help. Um, so in that case, what is a therapist's boundaries? Um, and especially like what that looks like when they don't share the same faith as the client. Yeah, no, th- th- this... This this is a, be- a beautiful question, and 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 I I, I just want to tack on to it. They're the same boundaries, even when we do share the same faith. So uh, so let me say let me let me back up, and then I'll hopefully get to that. Um, a therapist should never tell you you ought to become a Buddhist, or you ought to become a Christian, or you ought to, you know, follow this life path. You ought to make this moral decision. A therapist should never tell you that. Uh, so I would say that that's a big boundary. I think um, you know, another way to say that is therapists cannot help but draw upon their own spiritual beliefs in doing the work they do for you, but they should never impose or push those beliefs on you, whatever they are. Um, if Even if your therapist and you come from the same Christian denomination, your therapist cannot do the work of spirit for you. Um, and your therapist, a spiritually, a, a, a spiritually, a good spiritually integrated psychotherapist having a good day, um, knows how to ask you questions to help you find the truth spirit is speaking to you. And so I would say that's a boundary is like, we don't tell people what they ought to believe or what they ought to do because it, it's make it, it, when a therapist does that, they're make, we're making ourselves bigger than we are, um, and we've we've lost maybe because we just really want to help this person, and we believe like, oh, if they would only see it this way, things would be so much easier for them, or maybe therapists often feel pressure to do a good job, and they they think for that reason, I think this would be helpful, so I'm going to tell this person, you should really check out this Bible verse. Um, but a therapist having a good day is not going to do that. A therapist having a good day is going to say, I know you're a Christian. You've talked to me about how you read scripture. As you're facing this moment in your life, is there a passage that you feel like is really speaking to you? Um, or a therapist having a good day is going to say, I know you're a Christian. I know, you know, I am too. And, um, uh, are there people in your church you know are there people you trust there that have been through something like this before that you that you think it might help you to talk with you know not just me but <laughs> so uh um have i answered you have I responded sufficiently to that question or yeah i love that and and being able to even refer back to your faith community and rely on the spiritual resources of your faith community um rather than i don't know assuming it would solely come from a therapist because that's not really how that works and um what was i gonna say i was gonna say yeah what you mentioned about even if they are christian that's something that i try to mention it's like even if you are working with a therapist who is Christian, there are still so many varying points of views and theological beliefs within the Christian community that see things differently theologically or translate things different in scripture. So 
I mean, it helps, right? It does help that there is that that biblical worldview or that biblical foundation, but relying on them when it comes to the formation of beliefs still is still is dicey because even among Christians, there are different views and beliefs and theologies. So it is really more so grounding you and recentering you in the in the in the beliefs that you are founded in and how the spirit is at work in your life and i think like you said connecting someone back to their faith community can be healthy i know not everybody has that sometimes people are transitioning out of a a church you know because maybe they had a not a great experience and they're looking for a new one they're in the in between and they're trying to figure themselves out they're trying to figure out what they believe um and so it really, what I'm hearing is it's the therapist's job to just kind of walk through that with you as a support, uh, but not as someone who is directing that journey for you, um, because that just That's can right. cross lines in so many different ways, whether or not they share your beliefs. And, and, the, and the main line it crosses, I mean, you know, the, uh, therapists have codes of ethics that say you yes. can't tell somebody what to believe. So there's that. But the, the main reason is it's just not as effective there, therapeutically. You know, uh, it, it, it's not, we don't do it just because our code of ethics say it's a no-no. We don't do it because it's more effective if you, the client, are digging into your own heart, um, are praying your own prayers, um, are seeking the answers that are true for you. I, here, I haven't used this image yet, but everybody has a unique spiritual fingerprint. You know, mm. if people could see us now, they would say, oh, there are two human beings sitting on the screen talking to each other. Um, neither one of us is a toaster oven or whatever, a coffee mug, right? Those are people. <laughs> right. But, but we look different. We look different, you and I do. And if that's true of us physically, you know, it's got to be true. It's just as true of us spiritually. And so mm. another reason therapists can help you what to do spiritually is um, it, it sort of, it, 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 it's a violation of the perspective that uh, everyone is their own unique spiritual person and has to find their place in their own tradition. Um, that's that's real and true for them. Mm. I think that's like, I mean, for me, it's comforting to hear, um, you know, this idea that really a therapist's main goal is to provide a space for you, a safe space for you, no matter where you are in your faith journey, while also you helping you gain the tools and the resources to walk through mental and life challenges um i think that's really comforting to know (laughs) that is is so well said that is so well said that is that is it in a nutshell really Mm. so good oh gosh i feel i did okay okay good Well, on that note, then, I guess, you know, in respecting time, we will close on that landing. 
because I know there's just so much to, gosh, talk about here. You guys definitely check out his book, and we're going to provide everything in the show notes, including the links to the trainings and the links to his book if you guys are wanting to learn more about spiritually integrated psychotherapy and more in depth about everything we're talking about here, which I think is just necessary. I'm just going to say go get it. I'm not even going to suggest it. Just get it because you need it, and we all need it. Um, that being said, what, what would you like, I don't know, to leave listeners with? If you were just to like, this is the core message. This is the thing I want to say to the world and get out, um, that I want everyone to know and feel and hear. What's, what is that takeaway for you today? You know, right. I, I, in this moment, the takeaway is, um, it is wonderful to be a human being and, to connect with other human beings. Brittany, I've just enjoyed this conversation with you so much. Me too. Um, and um, and your spirit, the, the spiritual part, I'm speaking out of everybody, um, the spiritual part of you is real and it matters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's bigger than you are and you don't understand it all and don't ever think you do. Uh, but but just stay faithful to the to the gifts and intuitions and guidance of spirit as it is provided you. You do not have to be like anybody else spiritually. Um, you you you're you're called to be faithful to the gifts as they are given. So that's what I want to say. Hmm. Amen. Gosh, I cannot wait to re-listen to this conversation over and over. I'm, wow. Thank you so much, Russell, for your time Thank and your you your thoughtfulness. And, and, and people can't see us. They're only hearing us. But we both have our hands over our hearts <laughs> right now. Yeah. So this really was, this, this, this was a hard conversation. And you're great it at this. It does feel like, that way. Keep, keep doing this. This is good stuff, Brittany. Oh, yeah. Please, you keep doing what you're doing. We're going to have to figure out how to, like, I don't know, do some type of online training or virtual or something. We're going to have to figure out something here to uh, to get some to bridge this resource to um, all the people. At least all I know, I know all the everyone listening here is anyone listening to the sounds of our voice right now is very passionate about and genuinely interested deeply in this conversation as it relates to themselves and those around them so we're this this is not this is not going to be the last of it i just know it yeah yeah well thank you so much for having me and thanks everybody for for staying with us and listening to this conversation too yeah 